All right, welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. Today's guest is Anthony Kelly, and he is joined by my co-host, Dan Alexander. Anthony has been in recruitment for a number of years now. Still a young guy, recent father, and founder of DeepRec AI, who are part of the Tronovo Group. So he has had the dream career within the Tronovo Group. So he's joined, he's gone through the ranks, he's got to a stage, and now they've backed him to set up his own company within the group. Um, with the support of them, their central infrastructure, their strategic direction, all of that, and his hard work and effort, I think they're going to go somewhere. In fact, if you're going to bet on anybody, this would be a safe bet. What I like about him is he's mixing all the new things like podcasting, and media, and community-based marketing with old-school traditional recruitment. So he's going to put graduates in a room and he's going to make them work hard and he's going to work hard himself and he's going to lead from the front and he's going to also get out to his, to his market, get out, fly out to Germany, do the events, do all of that stuff, drive the podcast, build himself. He's got a number of people looking to join him and he's, his enthusiasm is off the charts and it's a humble humble story of not being great at much in fact we kind of joked about quite a lot of it and until he found recruitment and then he was just balls to the wall it just worked for him and he drove into it more and he's only going to go to the top so i uh, hope you guys enjoy this as ever some great insights from my co-host dan um, in the sales side in getting the most out of people and really just being insightful in, in that space. Uh, this podcast, as ever, is sponsored by Luxo and Sourceware, two tools that we use in our business. But I also want to mention this world-class LMS train or rookie solution that we're building with Wired at the moment. Building stuff is so much fun. Dan has downloaded all his knowledge. Charlotte's put a load of her knowledge. Andy's put a load of his and S3's blueprint into this. And we are currently all going through it with a samurai sword. So it should be ready for beta in the next two weeks. We have 50 spots available for that. Most of them are taken up, but we'll get a, we'll get a landing page out there for the rest of the community to take part in. We'll then get everybody to review it, go through it, tell us what's missing, what they need, and then we will make it for the people. And it is going to be a one-stop solution to train your rookies and a bulletproof advisory service for founders to scale profitable recruitment businesses. It's been years and years in the making. And it's not there yet, but I'm excited for it. And to get to work with brilliant people and to involve brilliant people in the process, it's been fun and it's continuing to be fun. Um, and a big shout out to Dominic McGlynn for all the hard work he's doing on the AI, on building the platform, on making sure that the marketing side is going to be right. Uh, just getting to work with reasonable, smart people it's just a great, great experience. So uh, excited to show you all more, but all in due course. Hope you enjoy this podcast. 
probably one of the favorite ones i've done in a while i'm enjoying having a co-host trying to sharpen it up a little bit so uh if you know anybody who'd be fun to come on uh i want to have businesses that are growing um that are hiring people that are going through a lot of those things uh want to find out what's happening out there in the marketplace so reach out to me i'd love to reconnect Hi, Dan Alexander here, and this episode is brought to you by Required, the all-in-one go-to platform for serious recruitment professionals, owners, and founders who are looking to grow their businesses. Now, we'll actually be launching the new online platform very soon, and if you'd like to be one of the first people to get access to our state-of-the-art learning platform and vault of online resources, then get in touch with us through the link in the description of this episode. All right, so welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. Myself and uh, Dan, my co-host, who's going to be helping me out for the next while, uh, have taken on Anthony Kelly here because we want to figure out what's it like to be scaling up uh, a company. What challenges do you have? How uh, how are you going to accomplish this great, great task of being the the next the next big thing? Yeah, uh, if I had the answers, it'd be great. But I guess I can tell you what 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 I've been doing is obviously so. Deep Rec AI um, is our company, pretty much I would say on brand with a very Celtic feel to it. It's all green, it's all tribal logos. Uh, personal brand that sits very well with me, of course. Is there um, any chanting that happens, say, like before? before like the bd calls or uh, do you know what it's actually quite embarrassing i got given out it in the office when i done my first deal playing a deal song on full whack and i had the office next door come in and give out to me i was playing the river dance <laughs> hey have you got a gong i do i have a little tiny bell on the wall with a string on it you want to be getting a big gong do you know when did it become a bad thing to have sales culture in recruitment uh, when did that become a bad thing? office What's that, Anthony? There's a gong in the Trenovo office. Is there? Big, huge one. Blow the ears off you. Um, explain the relationship between Trenovo and your company. Yeah, so I guess Trenovo Group uh, started off 10 years ago now in, in three weeks' time, uh, set up by Dave and Ashley Lawrence. Started off as uh, Trust in Soda. Then in about, I think it was 2000. 2006, 2007, integrated Broadgate into that as well. Um, and then they launched BioTalent through that as well uh, in 2008, 2018, 2019. And then as of 2023, uh, it's deep wreck. I guess we were exploring options, um, how we can kind of be like, instead of instead of losing your best talent to setting up their own company, how they could accommodate that to, to retain the best talent that they have internally. Uh, and that's that's sort of something that they'll be looking to do going forward now with top performers and people that are interested in growing and scaling. So almost, almost creating their own incubator platform for, for top talent. I think that's brilliant. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it just makes sense. Can you, like how many companies have come out of S3 and S3 missed out on all of those firms because, you know, they're like, no, this is our ship. You're either in or you're out. Okay, I'm out. And then boom, they're massive companies now. 
Yeah, well, I mean, even looking at obviously you've got like Lawrence Harvey, I'm sure is one. Trinovo Group is definitely one as well. Um, I'm no, pretty okay. sure you can you can still start cracking down through them, and it's it's probably a lot of them, and they're they're pretty serious. Well, there's about two hundred of them in our uh, Bridge WhatsApp group, and uh, which you've now been promoted to. Congratulations, you're too big for the dinghy now, buddy. I was I was quick. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's like that scene from Toy Story when the crane comes down and picks him. He's like, I've been chosen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so a couple of things I want to cover today, right? Um, w- one, I want to kind of delve a wee bit into your background and why you took to recruitment so well and why it has been the thing that's worked for you. Um, and then how you then take that and choose graduates and trainees to join your business and that's the main bit actually so let's let's actually want to go into a wee bit of 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 mindset and winning and and a winning mentality afterwards but uh i'll save that for for the big man down there mr dan alexander that's a proper name isn't it i wish i was called dan alexander two first names though they say never trust a man with two first names but you can trust me yeah. <laughs> Buy my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Anthony, what's the story? Were you a genius at school? Did, absolutely, uh... absolutely not. Probably no. you'll be the only one to to get how poor I was academically. When it came to the leaving cert, I failed English. Oh, I right. failed. You know that's Irish. your first language, by the way. Just in case anybody. Yeah, I didn't. I I don't speak Gaelic, so I don't speak Irish. Uh, I got zero offers after college. Were, um, were you like, were you drawing pictures and they were like giving you non-edible crayons and stuff? Uh, it's, uh, it's not quite like that. I'd say I was, I was a bit more of a joker. I was a jester. I mess, messed about a lot in school. Just had it, had it as a good bit of fun. Um, yeah. But I always worked. Like I had my first job at 15. Second job while well, I still had my first job at 16. And after leaving cert, I was actually working three jobs at once. So I didn't necessarily take to a schooling system, but I definitely wanted to to work hard to make money. Didn't realize that the actually kind of studying was a quick way to get there. Um, and but, but 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 is it a quick way to get there? I don't think so. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you do. So, but, our wonderful but, industry will welcome all sorts of wrongings in with uh-huh. open arms. Well, that well, is the beauty for, of it. For early access into it, though, you do sort of need to have some level of education i mean I, I remember i used to have like rachel kelly dressing me down in computer futures because i couldn't spell um yeah, like right. simple 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 things you know can, can we do a spelling test now live dan what do you reckon do we see where anthony kelly's at with his spelling uh, I won't, that won't that won't go down well no well I'm, I'm not much i'm not much better i think a lot of founders have uh have acute dyslexia and are a little bit on edge and maybe take a little bit too much caffeine. But uh, so academically, it wasn't flying for you. Probably similar to myself a little bit on that front. Um, but you got into this. Some of it made sense. What? How do? Why do you think the penny dropped? Like what? Why this? Um, I mean, I got into recruitment. I was it was a rector rec. I turned down my forced interview. I was a team leader in a call center. I was the youngest employee in the call center managing. 100 people in Ireland, 300 fully remote virtual workers in the Philippines. Okay, uh, so you must have a logical 
I can follow a process type brain then, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, give me give me what A and B leads to C and just keep doing it. It's yeah. See, I want to create E. I want to create F. I, I'm, I want to, I'm, I'm not that linear. And that's why you're going to have a big company and I'm not. <laughs> so, but, but that's amazing. Right. So, so that was a natural progression into recruitment, but you struck me as somebody, once you're in, you're hyper, hyper obsessed. Like you've asked me questions for years on stuff. And I'm presume you do this with everybody who's, who, who you can snip a little bit of information from. Yeah, I'm uh my missus has worked in recruitment longer than me. She says, How am I still engaged in recruitment? Yeah. And she thinks she calls me a recruitment melt. <laughs> you are ever, lad. Ever are. since the day she met me, she called me a recruitment melt. I still listen to I listen to recruitment podcasts every day. I listen to sales podcasts every day. I'm reading recruitment. Uh, the 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 mails you get into your emails from from yourself, from Hish Mizzou, like just Flat out. There you go. Wow. <laughs> um, I wish I was that obsessed. I I feel I feel uh, I feel I feel I've I've had periods where I can get proper obsessed, and then I'm thinking about like jujitsu triangles and what whatever else, and you know it's a uh, but that, to have that focus is great. Do you look for that in other people? No. Like walk me through what this looks like from a. I want to build a company. I want graduates. I can't fucking spell, but I'm going to hire people. Like, who are these people that you're going to hire? Like, are they more are they more wrongans like you, or what are they? Arguably, a lot better than me. I, I would say I'm I'm a hundred percent the anomaly, not the rule. I, even when I was joining as a trainee cohort in S3, uh, there was eleven people, and when I joined, I was the only person in a fifty person office not to have a university degree. Um, that was quite intimidating. So Sorry, was, that, was that Dublin, Anthony? Yes. That, so for anybody listening, Dublin's the anomaly for that. And th- there's a lot of softies who just get into recruitment so they can go work for Facebook. It's not like the UK, right? Yeah, you do a, you do a HR degree, you go into recruitment, then you go into HR. <laughs> That's that that doesn't happen in the UK uh, in the same way, you know. So just for anybody's listening. So sorry, I, I interrupted your flow. Carry on there. I guess uh straight off the back of it, it's a good example because on Wednesday, uh we hired two trainees. Um we had, I think you'll like this now, we had a very old school assessment day where yeah, yeah, yeah. So we phone screened everyone before they came in, had them all take a personality attest. Invited this best people to the day, and they were all here at nine o'clock. Yeah, and the successful ones didn't leave till after five. Um, so comes in introduction to Trenovo to Deep Rec, stand up in front of the room, tell everyone why you're here and why you want to work in recruitment. Um, next is like a, a debate, hot air balloon debate who's coming in, assessing them the whole time. On that's a, that's a way to look at the negotiation, you know, why I should stay on the balloon, like it's. We're all in a balloon. The one with the most votes yeah. gets thrown off and dies. You've got to say why you deserve to be on the balloon. Um, so we're taking into that. Everyone has to pitch. I guess when they're pitching, they're giving their reasons to why. And when they give yeah. a reason to why is natural as they do with no prep, no indication of what they're going to do. They didn't know they were doing a hot air balloon debate before they got here. Yeah. Kind of a good indicator. Uh, done a couple hey, of- just on that, did somebody, uh, did they do the personality test before they came in? 
Yes. So did you have a read? Did you have an, like a, a slight advantage read on them from that? Or like, did you take much from it? Uh, it's quite funny. The people who had the highest scores in the personality test out and out the highest performers on the day. Interesting. Yeah. So it was accurate. The personality test is designed yeah. based on the Trinovo Group's top performance sales consultants. Okay. They've yeah. all done it. So it's not a general personality test. It's a personality test based on Trinovo's top performers. Yeah. And then how much of a match. Or was it created for you by a company? Uh, we use assess first, but you can customize it yourself. Yeah. So just white, white labeled something else. We're going to do the same with ours. Yeah, we've we've completely went Tell in. To everybody. We've we've ripped through our uh, the old ones. The old one was giving you like a, a performance result based on anyone in the company, no matter what, no matter how much of a performer they were, even if they were an old employee. Um, it was it just wasn't sort of built for purpose. Mm. Done a couple of one to ones, and then in the afternoon. They had an hour and a half of just cold calling candidates, candidate reading. Wow, in the assessment. Yes, all in front of each other. Wow. Love that. Love that. That, Love. Is, that is about as much as it was close to what my interview was like with S3. Class. Most years ago, as you could probably get modern day. And Anthony, we've talked a lot, right? You, you, on, on, on the advisory stuff we did. And I, I remember you were you were looking at remote for a while and I was like, Oh, I don't think you could do what you want to do remote. Are you glad now that you're in the, uh, like you're in the office and you're going to be able to build this machine? Yeah. I think, I think, you know, lots of conversation with yourself and Ash and looking at little pockets of talent in random towns. That's, that's where we're going to be. We're not in London competing for the cream of the crop in London. We're in Bishop Stouffer competing for the cream of the crop talent in our area. And I think, you know, we're going to be well able to make a lot more noise to be recognized in Bishop Stouffer. Yeah, right. London, you know. That's good. Um, um, the five days in the week being in the office, I can guarantee that. And I think, you know, for future Chinese learning and development and that learning by osmosis, by top performers being in the office really is cool. just a non-negotiable for us. So the support should be there. I mean, that worked for me. If you're talking yeah. about what worked for me that I'm bringing back, that was yeah. that was it, right? Five days a week in the S3 office where the top performers in the UK and Ireland, like 50% of the top 10 was in 50-person office in Dublin, yeah. even though there was about 800 consultants in the UK. Yeah. What do you make of that, Dan? I think it rings true. I think I think that um, there's no substitute for it. It's, it's so, like you talked about sales culture, right? How, it, that's probably, I mean, from your, just to answer your question with the question, What's been the hardest part for you to create in the remote business from your side is probably the culture, right? I guess. Me? Yeah. Yeah, but we're more of a marketing business than a recruitment business. So, mm. and I, yeah, I think to control and get output out of people remotely is really hard unless, unless they're very experienced lifestyle orientated, you know, like can do like we have a profile that works, but it's not scalable, I don't believe. And that's probably why we've built Rackwired and why we've done done all the other stuff. Um and I think I've come to learn that I was a machine in my first three years, but I was in the office all day, every day, next to top performers, next to an unbelievable billing manager, 
in a world-class company, in a, in a city, all of these things. And yeah, I could probably pull my salary out working remotely without building a company and that, but could I replicate myself 10 times or 20 times or build something out? I, I don't think so. And uh, that osmosis piece, I think, is, is key. That said, th- there are online learning solutions, but I think, you know, ideally it's a blended approach. Yeah, that leads us into our first advert, Dan. What's our online learning learning solution? <laughs> so we'll talk about Required Plus, which is the new online recruitment platform for founders at all levels. So essentially, we're going to be taking away the biggest headache for founders, which is training your staff. And we had a conversation earlier, Delta, which is ultimately the the biggest headache for founders is actually probably training. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of founders actually probably don't really want to train their staff. Yeah. So, um, there are too many other things to do, too many other headaches. And, well, maybe not even want to, maybe they do want to, but they just, they haven't got the time. Running a business is like, is, is crazy, right? As I'm probably sure that Anthony, you've probably found out pretty, pretty recently. So training's hard, man, especially when your people aren't doing it right. And they're going, can you show me this again? And what was this? And what was that? And, and there needs to be that. And even if you have an L and D, it's good if you can have a resource base to get something, and then that person can be doing on desk stuff. The manager can be doing on desk stuff. They can do extra learning and all of that. And really, it it doesn't have to be just those times in the office. So it's uh it's it's something that I know that I lose patience with. I know that all the founders I know lose patience with Anthony I know at this stage no problem all right you run this gauntlet a hundred times I swear to god you're not going to want to get to do do the training as much yeah no I'm uh I'm hoping that just I, I I'm even looking at something like a I'd love it and we could chat about that as well as well as dropping in. a pre-boarding of a of an L&D right so it just it just so happens <laughs> <laughs> it just so happens that's what we're developing as well. How did, how did I do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna take the first introduction section of it, and we're gonna assessment score it. Um. So it's not gonna like make them a finished product, but at least they'll have the commitment to go through it, show that they're interested. They've 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 they they go into the interview prepped and make that happen. So that is a that is a conversation for another time. But Anthony, we would like you to be our guinea pig for the L&D platform. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. We can uh we can load them up for the next assessment day and get them Oh baby, let's go. Let's in. go. Um I well, think as well, it's also just just hearing hearing um hearing you talk Anthony as well like about the the culture and the way that you were you were selected for, you know, for your first recruitment job and I don't think it's enough personally, right, to have just a trainer or just training. I think what training they get and who the trainer is, I think personally that makes a massive, huge difference, right? It's like getting the information is is one thing, but who did you get the information from? Like if you've had a pedigree from like someone like yourself, right, versus, okay, we've learned recruitment, but who have you learned from? I think that that kind of pedigree makes a real difference personally. What What do you think on that? Yeah, well, I mean, again, take it back to when I joined S3. Do the setup and annoying him for years. I'm saying probably we're talking five to six years that I've been in his WhatsApp inbox consistently 
probably at least follow me when I'm on holidays and stuff like <laughs> like what a weirdo <laughs> should have never should have never answered the first call <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, is that what you said to your wife is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was uh when I was in the uh, S3 office it was it was quite a friendly office it didn't have like the sort of um differentiations or the walls between different brands so you were able to walk over to who was the best person uh cold calling uh, specking in uh, objection handling and they do they tell you when you join this is what I'm good at you know come to me if you need a hand they were sick of me asking them that they tell me uh, I'll put my hand up when I'm ready for you go back to your desk because I was caught I was flat out going around the people all the time and you know what they say you're the sum of the, the five people you're around the most and, and those things are true you know I, I I have a couple of close friends who've been in business as long as me and we have WhatsApp group and, you know, it's always comparing, contrasting this, that were slightly different journeys and stuff. But, and it's the same when you start, when I started, like I used to get, we're all away from home. We're in Australia. We're in a room doing our cold call and all of that. And then we're talking about recruitment in the evening. I'm dreaming about it at night. And this was for three years straight. And that intensity is just so hard to replicate. But it sounds like that's the journey that uh, that you're going to go on, Anthony. Yeah, I, I, I'd say um, I ultimately never stopped thinking about it. I did nearly leave it. I, I did work with Indeed for four or five months when I came back from Australia. But Indeed were throwing any extra recruiter a job in Dublin. And yeah. uh, I left after four months to go back to recruitment. Lovely, lovely. Dan, any questions for uh, for Anthony here? Yeah, so when you're, when you're looking for recruiters right what are the main things that you're looking for in interview like but beyond the assessment like what are the, the attributes for you uh i'm gonna go with hopefully non-stereotypical ones right i i say authenticity would be like number one for me and it comes back to even when i was forced in recruitment i'm not that degree qualified person i used to always be like hi it's anthony anthony kelly here and I was always doing okay. But when I just started picking up the phone with the clients, hey, all right, it's Anto. Unbelievably, unbelievably it absolutely, it, it, it put me in from being a midweight recruiter to starting to compete in the, the top five across the UK and Ireland, the next three, with like 18 months experience. I don't know if it was a level of comfortable, like maybe comfortable or something, but it, it just worked. Uh, like... <laughs> He probably won't like me telling this story, but because but he's look, he's got a successful recruitment company now. Um, he's making loads of money. He's doing great. But uh, who you've uh, who you met who you've met before, Dan? Um, he, uh, I think you've spoke to too, have you, Anthony? Yeah, a few times. So when he, <laughs> whenever he started at Robert Walters, he was straight off to a professional football pitch. Right, he never had a proper job before, and he'd sit down and this is a room full of killers, and. And we could hear him going, hello, my name is. And as he would do, we'd be throwing stuff at him. And it, it just, just a horrendous, horrendous group of men, like toxic, toxic masculinity. That's absolute most beautiful. And <laughs> the, the room was just hilarious. So, so he still talks about that, you know, it's, but to have that fluency of being yourself. And eventually, no, he, he's obviously himself and, and he can communicate it there. <laughs> but but that was the standout. Were you a bit like that day one, were you? 
Uh, yeah, I we we got told the phone doesn't answer more than three times, or it has to ring. Everyone was on lunch. Phone answered three times. I answered the phone and said, "What's the story?" It's like one of my first days. Uh, absolutely grilled. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was I was raw. I was as raw as anything, but I, I knew it. And then I was literally taking guidance from everyone. Yeah. I think I I had more rejections than people that wanted to hire me in the interview process. I imagine it was just pure down to rawness. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. You're going to be more difficult to get up and running, but when you are, you're going to keep running. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough like that. Um, industry average is one in three people make it. So out of every grad you hire, one in three, you're going to buck the trend. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I, I, if that's the is that, is that what it was 10 years ago <laughs> listen hire three and, and and then come back to me I will, I will. <laughs> well one will one will one will knock it out of the park one will one will bend it off and the other will plod for a period of time steady Eddie yeah and I mean a room full of steady Eddies would be unbelievable you take it then, but maybe maybe the bright one might shine too bright you know yeah the other ones I have on the wall uh, I've got work ethic because look, it's it's our industry. It's it's a sales job. There's no doubt about it. It's as much. It's as much. It's even more of a difficult sales job than sales. And sometimes I, I think because we're selling sometimes something that doesn't exist. Oh, I can get you ten candidates, five candidates. I don't know any right now, but I can. <laughs> um, and you've got to get them to buy into you. So it's pure people buy in. Uh, and what I, what I mean by work ethic as well is is really annoys me more modern day over the last two or three years you know someone pulls an exclusive job five to six on a Thursday they're out the gates at six wow you know and I I, I look at it back again even when I joined of course I'm going to link everything back to when I joined new job you didn't leave till you had three CVs to it that day um, and that's that's something that look ultimately I would say shaped my success as well you know you're beating other agencies to the job because if they have other agencies they're giving that job to three other recruiters at the same time. You have to beat them. I went from being super broke, you know, like I, I remember being on a, on a farm picking beans in Australia and running out of money, like horrendous stuff, right? And uh, I got this job in recruitment and I remember seeing people leave and I'm thinking like, like why, why are they leaving? I, I can make 10 grand if I can do this. Like, like and, 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 and people just left. It's a, you have to be hungry for it, hey? Yeah. Do, does that affect who you hire? Do you, do you hear like, do you hear a wee posh voice come in and, you know, they've daddy's Ferrari and all of that. And, and then you're like, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be able to do this. Or do you, I, like, can you, can you get rid of those biases? I, I would like to say I've tried, I've been on a multiple uh, unconscious bias trainings throughout Trenovo group. Um, oh, here he goes. Here he goes. No, no, I would. I would still say I find it very difficult to not be biased, right? You know, <laughs> of if, course. If that's why you're a good recruiter, because you are biased. If an Irish lad walked into this office, said he was looking for a job, and he come out of prison, I'd be like, "Doesn't matter. I'll, I'll give you a shot." What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but on the other end of the the, the the scale of somebody, somebody who was like, you know, training to be a lawyer and like. Did it for five minutes, didn't like it. You bring them in, you can see that they're from loads of money. Who do you would would you be able to control your bias in that end? Uh, 
I'd like no chance. Out. No chance. He's he's. <laughs> what do you make of it, Dan? <laughs> I think it's, there's got to be a need, right? A need to earn. I think that's that's there's got to be that drive there. And when they when that when they've got a big safety net, like sometimes people don't try as hard. Like that is just because um, they don't need to, right? But someone that needs to earn, like, it's like this is this is it. This is my shot. You know, Delta in Australia picking beans, like. He, the guy had to do it, right? That that version of you was was what you're looking for. I was hungry, you know. Yeah. I wish I could get rid of this guy and 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 go find that guy again and just be like <laughs> I do. And then I'll I'll hit you with the third sort of value um that I have plastered all over the walls here. Uh would be accountability. I mean, it's very simple things. Making your pledges first thing in the week. I'm gonna get five CVs, you better get five CVs. I'm going to do an outbound BD session now for two hours or I'm not stopping until I get five new business sales calls. That's that's the level of accountability. I'm going to reject me candidates. I'm going to do me interview preps and you're going to do what you actually say you do. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible reference here, but it was, I think it's from one of the McGregor documentaries. He says he's, it's important that you win the little battles because if you, if you keep losing the little battles, yeah. you're not going to be up for the fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just something we touched on earlier, right, was sales culture. I don't think people know what a good sales culture is these days. Sounds like Anthony does. Oh, yeah, 100%. I can see that. Yeah. But I, I think we're going to be You know how shit up. the sales culture is in my company compared to his? I, I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm like, oh, <laughs> for God's sake, how did we slip this bad? When did I get this soft? <laughs> we're, off. we're off to Berlin on Monday. I'm hosting two in-person events. And we've got 12 face-to-face meetings. I would say there's probably not recruiters in London who meet 12 face-to-face London clients a quarter. Yeah, that's crazy. Sales culture, Dan, sorry. Keep keep going there. Well, the world's gone soft, don't you think? Who's gone soft? You've gone soft. I haven't gone soft, lad. (laughs) (laughs) The world's gone soft. In what way? Expand. You're the one who's at who's client site. You're you're seeing a breadth of, of different people. What what Anthony's just said on this podcast is like alien to probably 90% of recruitment companies today. And there's a reason why there's a top 10%. It's because there's a bottom 90%, right? And the bell curve is like, is, is, is fucked right now. There are not that many great recruiters. I think the world's gone completely soft. The, the moment people started getting outraged by table tennis tables and free fruit, when was that a bad thing? When was that ever a bad thing? It's a great thing. I love fruit. I love table... Well, maybe not, <laughs> but I love table tennis. <laughs> um, and that's the thing, right? It's it's like the world's gone soft. It's gone way, way, way over PC. And that's why people that are coming in like on other media platforms with like kind of pretty sharp messages are doing well because the world needs to hear that message. The world needs the, the blend of recruitment that Anthony's bringing. Right, that that is that's true, and if there are any grads listening to this this podcast to get a chance to join this company, like do it because I've met the guy for you know, the duration of this podcast, and I can already tell this guy will make you a sensational recruiter. I I think something that you see a lot on LinkedIn, people slating hustle culture as well. It's it's not something to be slated, like to be top of anything, football player, fighter business person, trader, it revolves hustle. And I think hustle culture now gets a very bad rep. But 
you don't necessarily you don't go home crying at eight o'clock if you know there's something in it for you if if, if you feel for it you know and I think that's I don't like the rep it gets I, I'm quite enjoying but, the hustle yeah, at the moment spinning a lot of plates there, there's two there's two things to this so if you are if you're going home knowing that you didn't work very hard you're going to have anxiety. If you go home, if you if you've gone home picking beans all day, having a tough day in the field, you know that you you know that you, you know that you've grafted, you know. So, uh, there 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 is there is a line for it. If you're young, if you're coming out, the, I think if you're start so if you're starting, you're in your first three years, you're out of uni or school or whatever or prison, like like Anthony said. If you're out of one of the one of those those areas, there's a certain intensity that you need to learn at the start of recruitment, and that is like how we do things excellently throughout the day, repetitively all the time, the same to get the same outcomes. We do the same work to get the same outcomes, and you have to cram everything in, and you have like it 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 is hustle culture. You have to hustle all day long, and if you're still in it after three years. You you can take shortcuts. Hmm. You've built a client base. You know who can do what. And if you want us to be a siloed off principal recruiter or independent recruiter, you've done the hustle to get to that point. If you haven't done the hustle to get to that point, I don't know. It's a big gap I see when people haven't been professionally trained. That's that's also the other thing you're looking for the um the Ferrari boy or girl to show you right is that the lad that's been born with a silver spoon is that they can hustle like if, if they can do that then sometimes those people can work really hard like sometimes they're just high achievers and they just come from good stock and they just come from a good background right you have the uh, the eddie hearn example yeah. right pri- pri- you, private school took his company to the next his dad's yeah, company you, to the next you, stage weed those people out quickly which is why i think what you just said in terms of setting the tone yeah uh, in the career is so key what about that? Finding people with little chips on their shoulder. Do you do you, do you try and dig that in in the interview? Like they're outside of the want of money. That why? Because that why is super important. If they are, if they are the Eddie Hearn background, like he obviously got told his whole life, uh, you, you know, your daddy did this, your daddy did this, and he had to expand it. Like, like how, how do you dig out that in an interview process? I think it's us. Just ask the same question five times, isn't it? Why five times? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, I know that sounds very stupid, but I've interviewed a lot of grads, and no offense, some of them don't necessarily know how to really give a motivating answer. So yeah. you do have to really probe them, you know. And it's like, why do you want to do it? I want to have money. Why do you want to have money? Because I want to have a nice house. Why do you want to have a nice house? Ah, oh, because uh, I didn't have a nice house when I was growing up. All right, so why is it important to you now? You know, and it's that would probably, stuff like that replicates a lot of the one-to-one interviews that that I'd be doing at the moment. Probably less, more like I don't necessarily ask people about their sales skills or their yeah. their previous jobs. What do you do? I've done insurance, great. How many sales calls do you do with that? We do fifty outbound calls. Do you know what? That's enough for me to hear. Let's get into your personal <laughs> fit for the yeah, day. right. Very good. So my so mindset and keeping that mentality, Dan. How do you how do you affect somebody's mindset? 
Oh, that's a big question. Um, okay. Merch is what I'm hoping he says. <laughs> Dan, Dan's going to go into to, to another ad now, are you? <laughs> um, you've got to, the most important thing with mindset, right, as a manager, as a founder, like that's like obviously what we're talking about here, right? How do you, how do you affect the team? Yeah. Is to understand that you do control state and that the the culture that you you build is not is not actually built on the people that join your business but it's built on the people that you fire so getting rid of the people that aren't going to create a culture understanding that the like the state what i mean by state is like people's emotion people's energy like the, the feeling in the room that's controllable and as a as a founder as a manager that's the thing you're selling like i'm i'm selling like if, if the room's flat and you're the manager that's your fault Hundred percent. Does that make sense? It was. I like it. Also, something that was a big influence in the in the office every day, right? You know, you can come in. You can yeah. You can almost own that. You can own the energy. You can you can make sure if everyone has to make be making sales calls before ten o'clock if they're in the room, you can do that. Yeah. And so tell me, uh, Tornovo had a a more flexible working. Uh, policy yeah you've gone against the grain and just went no I have but I've, again I've picked it off off what my commitments are and off what I expect for people to join our business is because I've there was a time and I, I felt pretty shit about it I had a half a team in the UK half a team in Ireland I was 50-50 everywhere flying over to Berlin for client meetings I just felt the impact I was having to everyone on my team was just really poor I didn't like it and then because you were traveling so much, you didn't want to be in the office. You almost want to work from home then. And then even when you're in London, to go into the London office, it's it's a bit of a stretch. You know, you're talking 90 minutes one way on average for most people that live in a suburb. Uh, so you never go in five days. But you just, you just where it comes back to accountability, I, I'm going to demand, like, start lead from the front. I'm going to be accountable for you. Uh, I'm going to be here every day. And then... I, their accountability is as I expect them to be here every day. I think people got cushy in uh, in COVID. Yeah. And that cushiness mixed with a freak boom market for 18 months made the job or uh, made the, the current job unrealistic. So now when we're in a tighter marketplace and we're not all needing to be at home, it, it's, it, it's affected those people who got a start. So, are are you very careful on the experienced hires that you're going for at the moment? I'd say like there's elements of the things that I'm careful of is the want to be in the office, the location to the office. Cause we're closer to Stansted Airport, 15 minutes here. We've got a great train station. You can say we're in a perfect location for people to be. Still takes me 90 minutes to get to London. So we're trying to hit like this really weird belt of of recruiters in a certain area before we even start to think how they're going to fit in characteristically and how their sales skills are going to go fit in. We also do AI. I am not going to find an AI recruiter in this location. So in terms of like, I would say I'm flexible and that we we look for people who have been in the last two years, been in sales roles and not delivery roles. That is how we're looking to assess like experience hires. 
because you can get a lot of that now where people are principals, senior principals, but never sign the terms and conditions. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's... You have to dig into that stuff, right? Nuts. <laughs> you have to dig into that and big time. I you at the top end of the salary request as well. Yeah. I always find uh, I always find when you're when you're interviewing people who who are like that, and you ask them, "What are your billings?" Ah, oh, two hundred. What's your average fee? Ah, uh, twenty k. Okay. Right. How many deals a month are you do? And I can I can hear them trying to divide <laughs> it, <laughs> and they know where I'm going next. Like, I mean- so, so what's your average percentage rate, right? And then I'm hearing them go, and then go, and I, and then and then I can feel that they're breaking a little bit, and then I can feel them go, and then and then I ask them the simple question: So, who negotiated those terms at thirteen percent or at eleven percent? Well, uh, uh, they were house terms. Okay, boom, you're an account manager. There you go. Yeah. yeah and, Get a lot of that. Um, you get a lot of that, right? Hard to uncover. Got quite lucky. The the first lad we got in as a senior was a contract recruiter. They don't get any of those luxuries. Yeah. Most of the time, right? Uh, so I would say I've never done contract myself. Anyone who I've heard experienced, I'd say 80% of them have been uh, contract recruiters. That's even S3 and all this and all through the past. But they can bleed one account. Like... That's the difference. So they're not doing as much spot business. So if they get they get a good relationship, they start feeding in. So they get like five and 10 and one. And then the accounts, if you look at the actual data, their accounts do spread, whereas a good perm biller, ooh, it's tough. It's chipping tough. In, chipping, in, chipping in 10 deals and 10 clients. Yeah, it's big time. It isn't easy. It's not yeah. fun. <laughs> and it starts at zero. Yeah. And it is tough. So what what gets you up in the morning? Why do you still love it? I never. I'd say I never. Makes you a melt, as your as your wife would call you. I'd say I never stopped loving it. You know, yeah. um, just no. I actually, I'll, I'll go back and I lie. I feel subconsciously. I feel like I've got no other choice. Yeah. Uh, so I do I. By the way, uh, <laughs> no other choice. I'm too far in. Uh, I, I've got a reason for it. I was I was sacked from Nando's, never done particularly well at any sports or anything like that in the past. Yeah. When I done recruitment, it's probably one of the first things in my life that I've not only been good at, I, I would say I've been like pretty good. Like I'm extremely you've excelled. You've excelled, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> I'm extremely happy with like my own personal performance. Yeah. And then just every day to go in and just be like absolutely smash it out of the park. I'm just like, yeah. And that's... Being, being ginger, you had a really tough start to life as well. Like it's yeah, of course, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> so uh I also know that you're you probably won't like me saying this, but you are into people you hire to change their lives and to uh, to do it. What type of positive impacts do you think you can bring to people who join your company? Um I would I would love to see someone join my business and do exactly what I've done is the honest truth. Uh, I feel anyone who joins and gets to work with me and Hayley. So we've been, Hayley's been the top performer for nine years at the Chernovo Group on Perm. Most terms signed probably out of anyone in the company since I've joined. I've been up there. I've beat her once, twice. Um, no, you're not counting. Yeah, I'm not counting. She, <laughs> she, we are counting. Uh, 
So, I mean, but in terms of that, like we're, we've been full 360 recruiters. I want to create basically people that can just do what me and Haley have done, right? You know, we've all been able to buy our own house, have an extremely handy lifestyle financially. Um, just things that probably like nothing superficial, you know, but just where else, where else can you leave school and say, I'm going to earn 100K, 150K? That's that's sort of where I want to, I want to be that place of employment. What do you reckon, Dan? Like you said earlier, you said it's the fourth thing you've tried that you've been good at. Like, there's this thing. It's, it's um, the first thing. That's, well, the first thing. That's the accent. He was rubbish at everything else. Okay. <laughs> it's right. I'm I'm with you. Right. So, but they say like, you don't pick your sport. Your sport chooses you. Now, there's like this thing called the swimmers. Uh, the swimmer's body illusion, right? Where people are like, I want a good body because I want to, so I'm going to, I'm going to be a swimmer, but they see the people on TV, like the, the, the Phelpses or whatever. And they go, Oh yeah, look at his physique, but he hasn't got that physique because he's a swimmer. He's a swimmer because he's got that physique. And I think that that is so true in recruitment that the types of people that it attracts, like tend to do well because they're good for the sport. Right. I think you're built for recruitment, man. I think it's been an awesome journey that you're on so far. I can't wait to see what you do with the company, bro. Honestly, that's that's awesome. Appreciate that, Dan. Yeah, I uh, I think he's a sure thing. I thought there's definitely there's definitely money 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 in his future. I just hope we can shake the tree a little bit as as uh, as he goes up. But hey, he just wants some merch. That's all you want. I've <laughs> I've I've got I've got to go connect for merch. Everyone gets merch. Placements get merch. Clients get merch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys. That's us today. Thank you so much, uh, Anthony. Will you come on again? Absolutely, lads. My pleasure. Right. Great stuff. Thank you so much.